Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. We have a very special guest to kick off this week's From the Flats episode as kickoff for the 2019 football season rapidly approaching before Georgia Tech takes on Clemson uh, in Death Valley on August 29th. That is the one and only Derek Moore, uh, coach of leadership development, along with several other hats you wear. And, and Demo, first and foremost, uh, what's this camp been like for you? Wow, thank you so much for having me uh, as well, but it's been an incredible camp. You know, watching the, the transformation, the transition from uh, the old to the new, and, and watching these coaches really set the bar, set the standard for what the expectations need to be in this new era of Georgia Tech football. And Coach Collins has done an amazing job of painting pictures and, and really capturing for our student athletes, our football players, uh, what uh, the new culture is about. He's all about culture and, and what a yellow jacket looks like in this new culture. So uh, camp has been amazing. The energy is uh, uh, through the roof. The energy is, the, you hear the music, you hear all of these things that I think young people really gravitate towards. It, it really makes it relatable to them. And Coach Collins really knows the buttons to push when it comes to you know this 18 to 21 year old. And for those who might not have been in a place who you are, they've heard the voice now, familiar with all the trailers, <laughs> whether it's on social media, on YouTube. And not only just as of late, Coach Moore, I mean, you've been here since the very first early days of Chan Gailey. So this is your third staff that you worked with. Chan Gailey for a number of years, Paul Johnson, all his 11, and now Coach Jeff Collins. I'm curious, in your opinion, what is the calling card of this staff? Being one of us. Coach talks about what does it mean to be one of us? Uh, someone who is, you know, on the cutting edge, someone that's uh, that's really focused on maximizing every moment, you know, giving the kind of effort that he expects, Coach Collins expects and his staff expects. Uh, being able to experience the process with our student athletes. So the coaches are not necessarily independent of, of what the guys are going through and what they're experiencing. The coaches have made themselves a part of that because it's an us experience. It's not just, you know, we're you know, dictating what you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it, but we're gonna participate in it with you. And I think that's <laughs> unique for, for a program. Whether whether it's a drill or it's a water balloon flight after practice, <laughs> right? The coaches are fair game. Well, uh, speaking of the coaches, a bunch of familiar faces have come back. Marco Coleman, Nathan. Oh. Burton, yeah, Brett yeah. Key, I mean, so many. But one that is, uh, in my mind, related closely to you is Deshard Choice oh, because of all the, the pregame speeches on YouTube. Mm. You're the majority of them, but mm. Deshard had one famous one before Clemson in 2007. What's it been like having a chance to see him on a daily basis again? Well, I can tell you one thing. His one trumps all of mine. I don't you know. know. That's so. close. There's a lot of good ones. <laughs> that was an awfully good one that, that Choice did. And uh, Choice being here, of course, it, it, I get a little emotional talking about him because of where he's been and, and, and the experiences we had together here at Georgia Tech. And he is a class act. Just, um, they don't, it's hard to make him like Deshaun Choice. And now that he's a coach here now, it's it taking me a little time to get uh, accustomed to that's Coach Choice now, you know? Yeah, that's, that's not, not Matt Deshaun. That's not little Deshaun anymore. <laughs> that's Coach Choice. But there is nobody that I think uh, fits the role. Uh, he is a yellow jacket through and through, uh, understands what it takes to be successful both academically and athletically here at Georgia Tech. And he understands 
the culture here at Georgia Tech. Nobody, I think, on the planet could have been chosen to be the running back coach here but him. And he brings that smile and that energy and that intensity uh, back. And more than anything, his passion for this institution. And he conveys that to his players. Every one of them are just so impressed with his passion for the things that he has great conviction for. And he has a conviction for a lot of great things. And he, and he just wears that on his sleeves. He's an amazing example for these guys. And someone that's not removed from the experiences of Bobby Dodd, you know, and walking Yellow Jacket Alley and walking to practice at the Rose Bowl. I mean, these guys get to set in the room with uh, a guy that experienced it all and, and no different than Nate Burden and Marco Coleman and, you know, these guys that we brought back that are, are who Georgia Tech really is. And pulled off that uh, win over Clemson, who was undefeated, a lot of high expectations there. And, and mm -hmm. that speech, which you can find on YouTube, just Google to, or, uh, YouTube to Shard Choice uh, Clemson speech. You'll find four or five different versions of it. But I'm curious, the, the end of that speech, and it's been a, a calling card really, you know, from that season onward, that we going to fight till we can't fight no more and lay down and bleed a while and so on and so forth. Where did, where did you first hear that? Where did that come from? Oh, my gosh. Believe it or not, way back when I was in middle school, I actually heard my middle school coach quote that, and I think it's an actual quote from Theodore Roosevelt. And, and I just put a different sort of twist on some of the words to really resonate with football players and with our team. And so that came when I was in the eighth grade. And, and we were a bunch of circle little kids around, and, and I heard the coach before the games, we're going to fight. Dude, we can't fight no more. And he was gone. <laughs> and I, rem I didn't remember the speech you know, at that age, but it, I remember him saying it. And I was so inspired. I just jumped up. I was a little eighth grade fired up. Let's go win the game. That's why I was going to win the game. All right. And the speech just no, it didn't, you can't validate the speech. You didn't win the game. So we're going to win the game. And sure enough, I went back to him and said, Coach, where did you get that speech? He told us, Theodore Roosevelt, and he said, this is how he quotes it. And I took that from the time that I left middle school throughout my, my high school and college days. I've used it. And then as I've gotten to Georgia Tech, uh, I began saying it, didn't know if the guys would really, really stick, and but they caught it. And it became uh, almost a famous pregame little quote. So that, that's and, really the history. And it all started under under the Albany, Georgia Sun <laughs> in middle school for Derek that's Moore right. and a, a before football game. That's how right. About how that? about that? Who would have thought? I tell you what, uh, <laughs> modest origins. That's for sure. Uh, humble beginnings. But uh, coach, as, as we wrap up here, I, I am curious, Clemson rapidly approaching. Have you thought about uh, how, how you're going to address the team without giving away any trade secrets? But have you already started to think about what you're going to say? You know, I always, the language of my messaging, usually it comes from the head coach. You know, his, his method behind what he wants to do. So the language that they're going to hear in Death Valley or in Clemson is going to be what Coach Collins has already said. I'll just say it in a way that... Uh, I do it to, to, to get it to them, but it won't be anything from the things that Coach Collins has already talked about from the time he got here in January when a great group called The Program came. And boy, did they give us some unbelievable experiences in getting us uh, internally and externally tough. And, and I've got an awesome, awesome thing I'm going to bring in uh, from that experience. And I think I just gave that away, but they don't, you don't we'll know keep, the details. No, we'll keep it quiet. Yeah, we'll keep That's it right. We'll but it. definitely, um, we're going to take the language of Coach Collins, and boy, he's got a great language. And when you, when you take those things and reiterate them, they, it's as if they've heard it before. I'm just saying it again and doing it in a way in which is a little different style to it, but it's what the head man has said.
Well, Coach, thanks again for the time. Always good to see you. Thrilled to have you around. We look forward to uh, seeing your coverage throughout uh, the season and with some, with some inspiring words and uh, hope to begin to start of something special here in 2019. Thank you so much. Go Jackets. All right, that's Derek Moore. We'll be back in just a moment with more on From the Flats. On August 22nd, ESPN and the ACC bring you ACC Network. Get closer to the conference home of 15 championship-winning programs. With live games, inside access, original content and analysis. Be in the know all day, every day. Visit GetACCN.com to check availability in your area and demand ACCN. Are you ready for ACCN? We do this. We are now thrilled to be joined by the U.S. Amateur Champion, senior at Georgia Tech, All-American, and coming off uh, one of the most exciting weeks of golf uh, of his uh, young career, the 21-year-old Andy Ogletree. And, and Andy, I'm curious, the night before the championship match, I'm sure nerves were high. Yeah. I'm curious, did you get less sleep two nights ago uh, before the championship match or the night after winning the championship? Um, it was pretty equal. I think I had about three hours both nights. Uh, it's not been a lot of sleep going on. As far as that whole week goes, you look back at, at what was a magical run for you and your caddy, Devin Stanton. Is that some of the best golf you've played? I know that sounds like an obvious question, but the past year has really been this ascent, yeah. hasn't it? Um, I wouldn't say the best golf I've ever played, but under that pressure and under those circumstances, I would say it's probably the most clutch golf I've ever played. And Every time I needed to hit a shot, I hit it and um, just really kept it together the whole week and believed in myself all the way through. Coach Hepler mentioned that this rise for you has been happening over about the past year. Have, yeah. you, have you felt the same way? And what's changed from this time nine months ago? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a good player, but I've definitely taken it to the next level this past nine months, I guess. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard, but... Coach and I had a meeting in November that kind of changed some stuff and re-went about my short game and found some ways to improve it. Worked really hard and uh, starting to pay off. And then Devin Stanton, your caddy, uh, just got hired over the summer yeah. as the assistant coach. Why were you guys such a good pair this week? Yeah, I've known Devin for a while just because he's been in the weight room and he's been around all the guys for a while. He trains a couple of the some of our alums. Vince Whaley and Anders Albertson so I've always been around them and he's been in the weight room training them so I've known Devin for a while and um, when he got the job we were all super excited because we've known him and it's it's not someone that's new and uh, I mean obviously it's hard to replace McGee because McGee was with us for three years but we're really excited to have Devin and uh, kept me really calm out there we we get along great and we can crack jokes and cut up and never really got too stressed and <laughs> after it was over he looked at me and goes, that wasn't, that, that wasn't even that hard, huh? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's just how it was all week. We uh, never really got too stressed or worked up. We just kept playing, and it was pretty good. Well, you could have had a chance to get pretty worked up and a little stressed out there those first five holes after yeah. uh, John Augustine gets up uh, four holes in the first five. Yeah. How did Devin keep you loose, and how did you stay loose? We didn't really talk much. I mean, I was only one over par, so I turned – Shot one under on the front nine. I birdied eight and nine to shoot one under on the front nine in the morning match, and I was three down, and then he birdied 11. So I was four down through 11, and I was under par. So um, 
Yeah, I actually shot three under, 67 on a really tough golf course <laughs> in the morning, 18. Nothing to be ashamed of or mm. anything like that. I mean, he shot the course record in the morning. Yeah. So when some stuff just goes like that and it's golf and sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, but got some momentum, uh, birdie 17 and 18 in the morning, 18, and then uh, birdie the first hole in the afternoon, 18. I think, I think that was huge just to kind of keep the momentum in my favor and um, eventually it just wore, I think it just wore on him a little bit and called him and the rest is history. <laughs> was that the longest lunch of your life uh, between uh, the first no, 18 and the second 18 lunch. or how'd it go? <laughs> I had some bad blisters on my feet so I had to get that taken care of. So that took a while and uh, then I had lunch and warmed up again. So it wasn't, it was, uh, we had about an hour and a half and I really only had like 30 minutes to warm up, so it passed pretty quickly. One of the key moments in the match was there on that uh, 13th hole and the 31st hole in the match, but uh, yeah. 13 on number two. You guys opting to play a little more conservatively. Yeah. Uh, who made that decision, and was that something you had decided you know, before the day even began that's how you are going to play that hole? Um, before the day began, I mean, we've already played that tee box a couple times, mm -hmm. the drivable tee box, and uh, I've laid up every time. I just don't think there's a place to miss it, unless the pin's in the middle of the green and every pitch shot's easy. But the pin was tucked front right, and I told Devin, I just, he said, what do you like here? And I said, I like five iron because it's five iron 58 degree. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. not, it's not complicated. The pin's in a tough spot. There's not an easy pitch shot around the green. There's nowhere to really leave it, unless you hit it on the green, and which is really hard to hold that green because it's so elevated. But so I hit five iron, had a really good number, and then flushed it to a couple feet, and John missed his 10-footer. So squared up the match and kept the momentum in my favor and kept it going to the next few. And in real time, Fox, uh, their, their broadcast crew noted that they really liked that decision as well, yeah. saying that they thought that was a smart play. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a wrong play. I don't think John had made a bad decision. I mean, he had a 10-footer for birdie, so it's not like, it's not like he couldn't make birdie. Um, his bunker shot was pretty simple, actually. He had a lot of green to work with, and I mean, I'm sure he's not going to look back and say that's where he lost it. But mm -hmm. Well, Andy, I know about every question you've had to answer here since one of those things has been about what this means for you and, and, yeah. and uh, where your legacy is at and, and all that stuff. I am curious, though. You've got a nucleus of seniors yourself, Ty Strafacci, yeah. Luke Schneiderjans, Connor Howe coming on strong as a freshman last year, and, and Noah Norton, of course. What can this team accomplish in 2019-20? Um, we can definitely win it all. I mean, there's no reason we can't. We have two All-Americans, two other guys that, in my opinion, should be All-Americans. They're definitely as good as anyone, and they'll definitely be All-Americans this year. They both played U.S. Opens. Connor's pretty consistent, too, and Andy Mao, Ben Smith. I mean, they're all going to compete and uh, keep pushing us. So it's going to be a good year, and wouldn't be surprised if we win it all. Is there a party that's excited to get out there and compete as a team again? I know obviously the yeah. stuff's a lot yeah, of fun, I mean, but I mean, how excited great. are you about uh, competing with those guys starting next month? I've been looking forward to getting back to school for about a month now. I mean, it's just fun being back with the team, and we go to dinners every night and traveling. There's nothing like traveling with the team, and Coach treats us pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have a good time, but team golf's just fun, and we have the rest of our lives to play as individuals, so it's fun to... It's fun to play on the team for a couple of years. Yeah, it's one of the reasons you go to college, one of the reasons you go to Georgia Tech, where you know it seems almost everyone that comes through stays the full four, right? Yeah. And that's a big part of the culture for here. Sure. Everyone, everyone wants to graduate and make it worth it.
Sounds good. Well, Andy, thanks for your time. You've done a phenomenal job, not only on the course, but off it, handling all the attention. Yeah. And uh, look forward to seeing all you guys back in action uh, starting the first week of September with the team at Carpet Collegiate uh, and throughout the year. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Andy Ogletree, the 119th U.S. Amateur Champion just this past week at Pinehurst Golf Course. When we get coming up next, we'll speak with defensive coordinator Andrew Thacker, who gives us his thoughts on preparing for Clemson Tigers. This is From the Flats. We're now thrilled to be joined by defensive coordinator Andrew Thacker. Coach Thacker, you guys are now a week away from taking on the Clemson Tigers in Death Valley. And going into camp, we heard a lot about how, how the bodies had changed through Lou Corrales' strength program. I'm curious, from the start of camp, now to a week out from the first game, how has your unit improved? Yeah, just, uh, just light years. You know, you, you get here uh, in spring ball, you implement an entire new system. Uh, not to mention just the uh, the overhaul of the culture that Coach Collins put such an emphasis on. So everything's new, everything's different. Uh, words, communication, parlance, everything is literally different. Uh, so there's a huge learning curve. So uh, we've got to be patient. It's one day at a time. We, you know, we, we try to get so much out of them so quickly. But uh, I think coming into the fall camp, um, obviously, again, talking about the uh, the physical change that they made, uh, but more so than anything, just just having an adaptation of what we're trying to get done. You know, again, from a culture standpoint, um, from being around Coach Collins, understanding expectations, understanding standards, how we practice, uh, and then the, all the pieces that, you know, particular to the defensive unit, communication, uh, what we're trying to install, schematic. It's the second time that they've gone through it. We have some really, really mature guys that have a great, uh, high, you know, high care factor. So. Uh, we've just become light years, you know, from where we started. Can you shed some light on what a typical game week looks like for you and the defensive side of the ball as you're entering week one here? When does that above the line depth chart get set? Sure. So it's uh, it's never ending. Yeah, never ending. Yeah. <laughs> Every single day, Coach Collins uh, makes sure that we leave the team meeting knowing that uh, everything is earned, not given. Mm. So uh, the above the line depth chart is flexible based off everyone's performance day by day, week by week, game plan by yeah. game plan. But uh, we're starting to get a better feel. Obviously, um, the guys have a very strong body of work, obviously from spring ball and then going into fall camp of uh, you know what they've proven over that time. There's a lot of cumulative reps we've had an opportunity to observe. Um, see where guys are at, see where they're, how they developed, and you start to build a trust and a rapport with the guys uh, that are above the line. One of the items you discussed in your, in your media scrum uh, on Wednesday afternoon was uh, your third down defense, your Prowler package. What can sure. you tell me about that? Sure, yeah, no, uh, every offense, all right, they they have weaknesses too, as many strengths as Clemson has, which they have elite strengths. Uh, they have weaknesses, so we're always trying to exploit them. Uh, we will always try to create negative plays to get the opponent behind the chains, behind the sticks, off schedule. So in third and long situations, uh, when we're doing that and we're at a great advantage as a defense, um, statistically and then just commonsensically. So in those moments, uh, you know, you make them more one-dimensional and try to pass the football. So we try to find our most disruptive, fastest defensive players that we have um, so it can be a very flexible unit. You know, you're not worried about stopping the run and having the bigger bodies in in those moments. So um, DBs are playing outside linebackers and linebackers are playing defensive ends and pass rushers. So uh, really fun for the kids. Uh, we just got to get them in those situations. Well, you're trying to shut down or at least slow down a uh, Cartersville, Georgia native quarterback. You yourself from Cartersville. Have you gone back to uh, any uh, local friends and family looking for some way to slow down Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> yeah, I've, I, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Anything we can do. Yeah. Uh, the young man's elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, dare I say he's a, he's a generational talent. Yeah. He's, he's special. Um, all of the accolades that have come their way, preseason rankings, defending national champions, they are all of that. 
Um, but, uh, you know, this, this is not just coach speak. This is coming from our uh, head coach, and then it's a cultural thing and a team thing. But, uh, man, we're, we're just so myopic and just every single day, just trying to improve and develop this program and uh, just being great one day at a time. So uh, as much as we're preparing for an opponent and trying to find weaknesses and tendencies and, and – uh, and try to find ways to expose them. And we're, we're just so concerned with, with ourselves and our players and, and what we're building here. Before we let you go, I, I'm curious, you're, you're going to be taking on the number one team in the country, according to the AP, going on the road in Death Valley. You played at Furman just down the street uh, in South Carolina. Can you anticipate what your emotions are going to be like personally having a chance to, to, to take on number one? Yeah, so we try to train our kids in the same way. Obviously, it's a unique opportunity. It's college game day. You come to a place like this to be in these these moments as a coach, certainly as a player as a recruit you come to a place like this to be in these moments uh, but outside of that we we try to train and put them in stressful situations every single day at practice just mention it but we just had a uh, put the ball down period where the music is absolutely <laughs> deafening in practice you can't hear you and I talk from one another which we're two feet away from yeah, each other exactly. <laughs> uh, and we put them in stressful situations where they have to be in a crazy environment and communicate at a high level use hand signals at a high level execute at a high level in a very stressful fast tempo environment so uh, we try to do that as much as possible so when they get into a big time stage like that uh, that they have a trained behavior and they fall back on their most basic level of training so uh, as great as a moment and the opportunity it is for us as a coach as a program and for our kids um, we, we're training for these moments uh, so that we don't flinch and we don't blink um, when it comes to game time well the first of many moments a week from thursday coach thanks for the time and best luck look forward to seeing you down uh, uh, on the field at death valley thank you go jackets that's defensive coordinator andrew thacker that'll do it for this week's episode of from the flats we'll have one next week previewing the clemson tigers and the yellow jackets as they open up the 2019 season You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast. Be sure to tune into the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage and subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.